At Sullivan University's College of Hospitality Studies, you'll study under award-winning instructors in an active, creative environment where world-class chefs are made every day. Our regionally accredited curriculum fosters a strong commitment among faculty and students to excel in every detail. We offer insightful instruction and hands-on culinary experience from day one because when it comes to hospitality, you're here to set the bar, not just reach it. This is my passion. This is my path. This is Sullivan. Sylvia and Chef Jeremy here telling you to grab your crew and head to the Lexington Diner for a great meal for weekend, breakfast, brunch, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, from overstuffed omelets like our hot brown omelet with uh, shaved turkey, ham, and bacon and tomato in there, cheese sauce, Mornay on top, to our award-winning flat-top seared hand-spanked burgers. We serve breakfast all day and night, so from French toast to bacon and eggs or chicken and waffles to shave open-faced ribeyes, sandwiches and southern style meatloaf we've got everybody covered we'll see you at the lexington diner where friends meet www.lexingtondiner.com regionally accredited and named one of the top 20 hospitality schools in the u.s by full service restaurant magazine sullivan university lexington's college of hospitality studies offers students hands-on culinary experience from day one Located in one of the country's most progressive business climates, Sullivan University's Lexington campus is designed to help develop the real-world experience and advanced training you'll need to succeed. Pursue your passion at Sullivan University Lexington. Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Choose Radio. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you have an amazing Saturday. We got an hour of food talk to do with you. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk to you in the uh, second half of the show. The folks at the Recovery Cafe, which is a very neat, very isn't cool it? And it's a springing up idea. It's like 60 of those across the country yeah. they're going to tell us about. It's a network, and yeah. there's one here in Lexington. It's a very cool concept. Today, we're talking about wellness yeah, through food. Explain. In general, we're talking about the, everybody is into that because, as, <coughs> as you know, we have an epidemic of loneliness in this country mm -hmm. and mental wellness is something we're all seeking whether anybody's on the spectrum of being mentally ill but all of us are somewhere on the spectrum somewhere you know you have depression that's just rampant and i think that what we are knowing is that there aren't enough therapists in the world to supply the need and so what you have springing up out there is a services that are kind of adjacent to traditional therapy and i think it's very healthy because sometimes you sometimes traditional therapy isn't all you need sometimes you need a need need a good meal <laughs> right you, <laughs> you know, know there's or a community a comfort food there, you know there's a sense of community Chocolate. around food and that's so, <laughs> sort of what we'll find out with recovery cafe is what they do they're yeah. building community around meals and it's it's about a lot of different things it's not only it's not only food but then you've got yoga and mindfulness and mediation meditation i keep saying mediation and all of those things and then you've got corporate wellness yeah and chef you're going to talk a little bit about corporate wellness and we'll talk a little bit about trends too and what people are enjoying and mm -hmm. that's kind of fun to know too because it all contributes to this sense of belonging and of wellness well i mean you think about it that's when so i'm looking at, at this tiktok thing now and it's like the food trends and i'm like this is a community you know, it, whether even it social is. media. Yeah, we get it, together and we, you it's know. It's a community. Whether it's silly, whether it's what, dumb What's video, number one? It's, uh, oh, for uh, for food trends for this past year. Yeah. Uh, cloud, something called cloud bread. Cloud, cloud bread. bread. Cloud bread. Have you ever eaten C -L cloud bread? C-L-O-U-D? Yeah. So, so I never made it, but is it maybe based on like one of the Japanese style breads? Yes. Yeah. It's a very airy, what? light bread made with cornstarch instead of flour. Right. And right. It's pretty much really? egg whites. And, yeah. 
And it's the one thing people on TikTok keep. But have you guys had any, like, gone to an Asian market to have, you know, real Japanese baker, bakery and Chinese baked goods? Or they're very quitty, different. No, com- I haven't. Very so different, but it. uniquely delicate and not as sweet. <laughs> and, and everything oh, has a that. light touch to mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, I think in America we're like, you know, what What makes us happy? Sugar and decadent and rich and mm, brownie and mm, mm, chocolate and yeah, caramel yeah, and all yeah. that. All, you know, that's Over sweet. the top. <laughs> but I think there's, um, you know, there's for them, it makes them happy. lightness. Well, so yeah. I try to get on a tangent, but those breads are no, you're right. So lately I've been lively. studying. Lovely. This is a weird thing to study, but I've been looking into Japanese bread because you're right. Japanese bread, Japanese white bread is very different than American white bread. And it's made bread. with what? So they use something called Tenzin. And what Tenzin is is it's it's not an ingredient; it's a method. You 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 uh, know when white. You, yeah, well, so it's made with traditional wheat, regular wheat, regular okay. flour. But what you do is you take a if you're let's just say you're using 300 grams of flour in your bread, you take 50 grams of that flour, you mix it with water, and then you cook it so it becomes uh, a gel, basically gelatinized. Basically, you're making a gravy. When you think about it, you're making flour in a, in a liquid, mm-hmm. whether it's water mm-hmm. or milk. In a French cook. kitchen, we call it shoe paste. Oh, there you go. So you you make this, you gelatinize hot water with with the flour, and, and then you add that into the dough, and it creates this texture that is very, very light. Very light. And you guys have heard um, on this show, we've talked to, to bakers and stuff, and I always love those terms, biga and pouliche, these mm. wet doughs that... You know, when you yeah. add them, they add structure and depth yeah, huh? and flavor and lightness to, lightness. Your, to your loaf. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow, we got off on a tangent. So, this, yeah, this Japanese well, technique okay. is What's really two? Uh, number two is baked oats. Baked oats. Baked and, oats. Baked oats and overnight oats. We're really big in 2022. So, baked <laughs> oats. Baked oats. No, thank you. <laughs> so, I think that's just people being Try me on number three. Anytime yeah. you see a recipe that says overnight or no need, just don't do it. It's like, okay, how do we just half whatever yeah. this you know. right uh, how about this for number three charcuterie boards huge oh, on social media in, in now that means like meats and cheeses mm-hmm. and you have one of those yeah 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 meats cheeses the the party boards it seems to be the biggest trend there's like little shops now you can call and order just a charcuterie mm-hmm. charcuterie they call it charcuterie boards now online and tiktok yeah. and stuff like that and have you seen the snackle box no, well, it's, it's a snackle, snackle box. box. So it's a charcuterie board, but you put it in a tackle box with a little <laughs> slot, so you can take <laughs> it to the beach. Brilliant. You know, you can take it around and have a snackle box. Well, the other thing is butterboards. Butterboard, yeah, right. butterboards. I I'm on this food trend. I yeah. want to so, do this. So let me. Do you know what a butterboard butterboards? is? Butterboards. Now tell me about a butterboard. Okay. So this is right down your alley, Sylvia. So we like good bread, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine we had two or three nice steaming hot selections, and then like six different flavors of butter on a board. And that's really Six all it is, bread and butter. butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, and if you want, you know, it's really about the butter and, and you know, getting some different well, salts yeah, sure. and flavored butter. But, you know, you could do crudite and radishes. You know, butter and radishes is fantastic, really you know. Butter so you, you and radishes? You take a cutting board. No, yeah. thank you. You okay. take a wooden board, a cutting board, whatever you got, and you spread butter on it. You soften the butter. You spread different flavors of butter. Maybe some people use, you know, Irish butter and American butter and salted butter. on, And you make like a base of butter. You basically like icing a cake. But you spread the butter on the board, right? And then all the accoutrement, all the things, you swipe into the butter and just basically it's like eating, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like eating nachos in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's not very wow. good in summertime patio food, though. Yeah. It yeah, is. you're right. It's a winter food because otherwise melted it's Melted bread board. Well, try me on number four. Uh, let's see. Number four. See? Lists. Le- people, people get addicted I'm, to I'm lists. I'm going to find something I like on this <laughs> one. Uh, number four. 
mug cake. People mug cake. Oh, come on. Cakes oh, yeah. in mugs. It's another one of those mud lazy mug recipes. Mug. So you make a cake this is in fun a coffee mug in a microwave. Oh, okay. So when you just want to make one little meant. cake, when you don't want to make a whole cake, you take a tablespoon of cake mix, a tablespoon of water, you mix it together, you put it in the microwave in a mug. You do it for like about a minute. And when it comes out, yeah. you have a you have a cake. A I thought small you were cake. saying mud cake, <laughs> yeah. which um, is popular too. Nacho no. tables were really big in 2022. That one that one looked fun to me, like a gigantic mess. Like yeah. have you have you seen? They mm-hmm. just roll aluminum foil or parchment mm-hmm. paper on your entire table, and then fill the entire table with chips, and then just start pouring chili and cheese like a, all right on your table and you just everybody sits around and eats it well i gotta tell you i <clears throat> totaled my car last week oh no yeah i did and i had cheese spread in it and checks mix and the one thing i remember about the interior of that car was total <laughs> is that was smeared everywhere and the checks mix was everywhere all over the interior of the car so you could lick my car if you wanted to so can i tell you what i noticed about this because one of the things we're talking about is wellness and 2020 yeah, yeah was a tough year for a lot of people. 2021 wasn't much better. We're finally getting back to normal. What they're seeing in 2022 is all the trends, the food trends were group foods, charcuterie boards, nacho Mm -hmm, tables, mm -hmm. butter boards. All those have in common is- People coming together. People coming together. Because they were so isolated. For the past two years, we couldn't. So the food trends for 2022 were basically community, communal foods fascinating that's what we miss so i i I look at this and i go yeah that makes complete sense communal basically communal foods were huge this year yeah oh that's interesting anything interesting on that list that we haven't um let's see where's fried chicken beer (laughs) Beeria tacos were big Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, i've heard of that uh cinnamon rolls made a resurgence in 2022 evidently cinnamon rolls and something called pasta chips pasta chips are just where you fry or bake off cooked pasta, pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good for like pasta nachos and mm-hmm, stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well that's some pretty good food trends mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so uh so food and then there's this whole movement of food as medicine which is mm-hmm. a whole different thing when you're recovering like is there anything to chicken soup you know is there anything to that or an apple a day i think so and they say yes that you know apples for instance provide antioxidants um, phytonutrients those are the in the colored vegetables that you get and i don't know about chicken soup i mean i don't know what do you think is there something there's something in chicken that they say is an important thing and you i don't know much about tri- tyro well there's scene. tryptophan that's in turkey that makes you sleep and but there there yeah. is something and about chicken that, soup it's scientific and it has some magical healing properties right yeah kind of yeah so according to webmd Studies have shown that chicken soup uh, is, is, like you mentioned, high in tryptophan, which helps the body produce serotonin, which can enhance... Serotonin's a big deal. mm -hmm, It can enhance your mood and give you a feeling of Mm -hmm. comfort. They also say, there's a really interesting part of the article, that it's been known to help clear up uh, stuffy noses, which is maybe why people, why people use it when they're the steam can open up airways, make it easier mm-hmm. for the breed. It also has a mild anti-inflammatory effect that can relax your muscles. So basically, if you look down the list of things that chicken soup can light. do. And, it's and, like and, it, it can, according to at least you know some of the things I'm, I'm seeing online, it might have some ma- maybe minor medicinal. Yeah, kinda, maybe. Yeah. What and other foods recovery. would you consider medicinal? <laughs> Um, ginger, tofu. you know, I mean, yeah, ginger, ginger and garlic. 
ginger and garlic. I think they're both. Um, I've always heard they're anti-inflammatories. I know someone who talks for a living. When I get a sore throat, the first thing I do is make anything ginger tea. Curry with turmeric. Anything with tur- there turmeric. There you go. Now you're turmeric. talking. See these spices and teas. That's kind of what I think is good. We talk about bone broth and. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess health benefits of that. And I think uh-huh. this is where you kind of combine both of those concepts. Make a good bone broth, but infuse it with your teas and all yes. your spices. Like, that sounds like a real good... What is a bone broth? I mean, how it's do a you... Chick- it's a stock. Yeah. Um, and typically... But how's it different from, say, like beef stock or something? Is it done with bones? It's done with this. It's the same process. It's just another term for it. And the bone broth, a stock isn't really seasoned. It's the you know fortified water stock, so to speak, from bones and some mirepoix vegetables. Bone broth typically is seasoned, or when you're drinking it, has more of a, a mm-hmm. bouillon, brothy mm-hmm. kind of flavor. Yeah. And I think that's where you want to add your medicinal properties. So, steep in all your spices, yes. steep in all your herbs. My favorite drink this time of year when I'm sick, if I'm feeling under the weather, yeah. I take chicken stock, which I always have chicken stock, whether it's out of the can or homemade. And I dump a bunch of ginger and garlic into it. There you it. go. And then I let turmeric, it steep. So uh, honey. I, I don't, but I should add turmeric well, to it. And then I just let it steep. And then I drink it. And I'm telling you, when you add ginger and garlic to yeah. a stock, you're th- for me, when I get sore throats, yeah. nothing nothing helps as much as that. Well, a lot of people will do ginger and lemon mm-hmm. in hot sure. water, in yeah. warm water. But do it in chicken stock. It just tastes better. Yeah. I like eating chicken stock. Yeah, I mean that's like a that's a, that's that's what comes to mind when I I hear health food, you know, like because yeah. I, I I don't know I think stocks and broths just kind of like we got back to the the chicken soup era. There's something about a brothy soup that that sounds like health health and wellness to me. Mm-hmm. Versus, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a real movement out there, and I think yeah. that it's a a very positive one, uh, as we'll hear with particularly with addiction, you know. And there are things that people with addiction issues probably need almost a medicinal form of of food but there's also the corporate and the company world too Mm -hmm. that people are fleeing toxic cultures which are unhealthy and seeking wellness and the restaurant industry has come under the gun for a lot of the issues it has you know and i think it's kind of an incubator when it comes to the nightlife you know the the restaurant industry is primarily based around the night and uh, you don't see as much of this in more daytime cafes and institutions that are open during the day but when you keep those late hours i don't know there maybe there's loneliness after work there's a lot of things that could happen that you know that that make it hard in this industry because it's stressful mm-hmm. and whenever you get off of work there's really no way to <coughs> release that stress everybody's in bed right so the oh, industry's the got some, is, some yeah. issues uh and and that kind of forces people not to take care of themselves and as yeah. as i think the whole point of this really kind of comes down to sylvia is you know mental health and recovery and wellness has so much to do with with diet and your physical outlook mm-hmm. and when those things are just not clicking then well, f- for a long time in the restaurant in the, in the restaurant industry it was it was, you know, it was a war. It's bad. You're, it's you against the, you know, a, a big rush, and it's a stressful environment, and everyone's kind of working. In the, it's like a pirate ship, and at the end of the night, the pirates drink mm-hmm. rum together, that, and they, and they celebrate right. their victories. And, and that may be where community works against you, because right. then you're with right. fellows that um, are doing things and you say hey why not you know right so it's it's the community that kind of brings you in to to maybe some some bad behaviors yeah but it's community that's going to pull you out yeah you know and change but there's a lot of revolutionary things happening in the restaurant business to there are try to address that problem quality of life for for restaurant employees is really we saw this during the pandemic where 
people in general are striving for a better quality life and a better mm-hmm. work-life balance. And people in the restaurant industry are striving for a better quality of life because it could be a very, you know, it's a tough industry to to, to, yeah. to stay in for a long Because you, you work when everybody else is recreating. Right. And it's hard on your body. It's not an easy, It's you know, it's a fun job, but it's also like very hard on the on the human body. It is, guys. It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out in, from restaurants and, and increasing wages and things. People are, are, are in our industry we're, are getting paid more, but the customers are also having to pay more to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just food costs out there, guys, that, you know, is, is influ- influencing our pricing in the industry. But it's, okay, what is it worth to somebody to give up their nights and weekends and to serve your dinner. I'm not saying there's anything noble about it. It's fantastic. I love it. I think it's like my purpose. I think it's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. But there are sacrifices. Um, and it's a hard industry. You know, you, you, you almost need that community. And, and I don't know, wages, wages for that will probably be inflated for a while. Well, things like something that would have never happened in the restaurant industry even five years ago, let alone 10 or 20 years ago, things like paid time off paid oh, yeah. vacation yeah you would never Sick have seen time. that right and yeah, now man. you're starting to see people unionize and demand like starbucks you know in certain big cities was like they started to you started to see that and you started seeing and maybe one day that will be something in the restaurant industry well it'll be more like a corporate environment where you know it's going to be revolutionary yeah. i think people are going to have to see higher prices you're going to have to pay more yeah. And but I, is it worth it to pay a little more for someone to have a better life and i you know and you're I'm already like seeing that particularly in other parts of the country with the surcharges in order yeah. to pay our folks better is yeah. what they're saying and uh, i think you know some if you're not if you've never been in, in the restaurant industry you look at that as greedy maybe but if you've been in the inter- restaurant industry you know the profits are the profit margins are razor thin mm-hmm. and you almost have to do that to ensure good quality well, of life for your employees yeah. right Chef, what do you think are some of the trends you're going to see in restaurants in the coming year uh, in the coming year, I mean, I think you're going to see the increase in ghost kitchens. I think um, in, term, in terms of the limited hours, I think, mm-hmm. I think what we're talking about, it's really going to be a purpose for health and well, you know, health and wellness in terms of the industry and kind of taking care of its people. Food trends, though, um, I see. Yeah, what are you hearing? I, let's see here. I mean, I still think that the, the, the more, I guess, plant-based meat is going to be a bigger thing. I also think plant-based pasta is going to be kind of the next trend. Uh, people are still looking for that angle where they're you know using stuff out of chickpeas and you know, oh. making pasta so out not of that. Like anything a but semolina. Really. Yeah, like other ways to have pasta without the carbs and the gluten. You know, that's is potato noki? Is that all potato or is it? Uh, unfortunately, not. It does have a little bit of flour and egg to uh, to bind it. Oh, okay. But it's delicious. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I know. It's delicious. Know. But now, potato gnocchi is one of those weird, not weird pastas, but it's one of those pastas that it uses less flour. And I've had really good luck m- making it with non-wheat flour because it has so much other things in it that if I think that's probably, if you're going to make a non, like a, a, a chickpea flour yeah. Or I think that's probably one of the best pastas to try to make. Yeah. Is uh, I tell you another improvement milky. is in gluten stuff, gluten free stuff. Yeah, we're really getting good it's at that. It's really getting better. I got some bread the other day at Good Foods Co-op mm-hmm. that actually tastes pretty decent. Yeah. And yeah. gluten free is something I think a lot of people are finding mm-hmm. that they're not necessarily celiac, but you know that's that's a imagine having a dinner party today. And what all the different needs of the people around the table would mm-hmm. be, uh, right? You know, it's 
An- another food trend I'm seeing too, and this kind of relates back to how people cook at home, is uh, I think TikTok uh, seems to be the new place to find recipes and yeah. cooking shows. Well, as long uh, as you can still get it. Eating, <laughs> right. Right. Eating they're trying food, to ban it. They're trying to ban it. Eating Food Network's lunch, so to speak. Um, so well, I don't because know, I people see, want one-minute segments as, as opposed to 30-minute shows. Right, you, and you've got, your, you've got your professional chef showing his recipe, mm-hmm. you know, step-by-step step really quick, and even like a link to a meal kit, you can do it with them, yeah. you know, and it just shows up at your door. So I, I see that one being big yeah all right mm-hmm. we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna talk to uh when we come back recovery cafe it's in lexington and it's actually all over the country but in lexington recovery cafe is on Versailles road and we'll explain what they're doing and how they're helping don't go anywhere it's food news and choose radio at Sullivan University's College of Hospitality Studies, you'll study under award-winning instructors in an active, creative environment where world-class chefs are made every day. Our regionally accredited curriculum fosters a strong commitment among faculty and students to excel in every detail. We offer insightful instruction and hands-on culinary experience from day one because when it comes to hospitality, you're here to set the bar, not just reach it. This is my passion. This is my path. This is Sullivan. Sylvia and Chef Jeremy here telling you to grab your crew and head to the Lexington Diner for a great meal for weekend, breakfast, brunch, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, from overstuffed omelets like our hot brown omelet with uh, shaved turkey, ham, and bacon and tomato in there, cheese sauce, Mornay on top, to our award-winning flat-top seared hand-spanked burgers. We serve breakfast all day and night, so from French toast to bacon and eggs or chicken and waffles to shave open-faced ribeyes, sandwiches and southern style meatloaf we've got everybody covered we'll see you at the lexington diner where friends meet www.lexingtondiner.com hey welcome back it's food news and choose radio it's time to talk about recovery cafe and this is a really cool concept i didn't know this was in a lot of places i know, I know. and it's a network uh, yeah it's at 60 yeah. 60 cities we have uh, uh kara who is the cafe manager and aaron who's the assistant director of recovery cafe uh first off give us like the con what exactly is recovery cafe uh, yeah, so um, Recovery Cafe is a recovery community center that tries to build community around guiding principles, which are connecting with divine love in ourselves and others, to show respect, cultivate compassion, practice forgiveness, encourage growth, and give back. Those are the guiding principles, the foundation of uh, what makes our community so special. We're a membership model of community, meaning that people uh, have a place to belong. We believe that when people have a place to belong, they have a sense of community, they have oh, yeah. uh, the ability to communi- uh, to contribute. Um, everybody can contribute, whether you're unhoused and homeless, whether you uh, are extremely wealthy or whether you uh, struggle with poverty, whether you are uh, one day sober or whether you have 20, uh, 25 years, um, we believe that everybody has something to contribute. And is it, um, is it strictly for recovering addiction issues or is it recovery from alcoholism and other things as well because i i like the way you do that and say that it's like recovering you know and i know this is a little trite but it's like we're all in recovery from something right even if it's not drugs and addiction it's can be anything or do you screen how do people well you're exactly right sylvia that is our our model and our and our motto there is that everybody is typically in recovery from something most people think of recovery as substance use disorder, mm-hmm. but it's not always that. It can be it can be loneliness, it can be trauma, it can uh-huh. be 
um, yeah. a whole slew of different things. And so our wheelhouse is substance use disorder and mental health struggles and homelessness and food insecurity, but it also stretches well beyond that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this because w- I'm hearing things that just are all about community. They're all about fellowship. And it, it excites me because whenever community and fellowship are involved, somehow or another, food kind of becomes oh, yeah. part of the question. It's a natural progression. Isn't uh, it does. Having like food with food when people is get together. Comfort. Food yes. and fellowship is are, are kind of hand in hand. Uh, so it's kind of neat. A recovery cafe, there's many of them. Tell us about how this becomes a cafe. Like what? So recovery cafes start in Seattle, and people in Seattle love their coffee. And so they thought, a cafe, what is a cafe? A cafe is a place where you can get uh, something sweet and something uh, caffeinated and where you can hang out with your friends. Uh, They use that model as a place of a cafe uh, with a menu of resources, also to connect people uh, to different resources in the community. So each cafe, each community um, that has a recovery cafe um, has a cafe that uh, reflects the needs of that community. But we all have one thing in common, which is that we practice guiding principles. We have recovery circles, which are mm-hmm. intentional support Lots groups. Lots of things. And uh, that we have uh, meal service and coffee. Now, yeah. as a, as a yeah. you know, someone just in the public, and you, you can go, and by the way, you guys are on Versailles Road. You can check them out at recoverycafelexington.org. But can the general public just go in and have a cup of coffee? Yeah, how, how does someone cake? check in? Yeah, so we are membership-based, but everybody is welcome to come up to six times as a guest and feel it out oh, and okay. make sure. Okay. So kind of back to what um, Jeremy was talking about with, like, sharing food and what that looks like for us is that we do provide a meal every day that we're open. So Wednesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays is dinner, and Fridays and Saturdays oh. is lunch. And so... How we're able to do that as a recovery community center is partnerships within the community. That can be other restaurants, we partner with food chain, and it's also individuals. So um, we're growing, so the meals that are being provided are increasing. And I think we uh, counted up that we served close to a thousand meals in November. Oh, wow. wow. And there's also coffee and tea you can sit and have complimentary like coffee, uh, complimentary coffee and donuts all day, every day that we're yeah. open. Yeah. So how does the, the do a restaurant donating a raw product and you guys cooking it or are people coming together to prepare foods or are mostly restaurants donating foods that can be sold at the cafe? So that's a great question, Jeremy. We are in the process of our capital campaign and one area that we're hoping to do is to have an industrial kitchen put yeah. in there so that we can mm. offer for those things like nutrition, cooking classes, and being able to be creative wow. in the kitchen. So that's yes. awesome. That's awesome. Any um, partnerships with that would be so amazing. But I, it's ahead. holiday time. It is, and I guess you also accept donations, don't you? We and do accept donations. Don't and know about you. And yeah, so go ahead, Aaron. Well, uh, yeah. We're, so we we are accepting lots of donations to help keep people who are cold warm. Uh, but we also accept donations, in-kind donations, and uh, to help support the, the meal program. Um, just a note, all, all of the things we do are free. Membership is free. Food is free. Everything's free. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when people um, come to enjoy a meal together, they're enjoying uh, something that someone's put some love and energy into just so that they can build community and also have a need met. Their, their hunger. But yeah, we, we're uh, accepting donations any day we're open, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Our hours are on our website. Um, just call ahead and talk to Karen. She'll tell you. Uh, how Do you to have make volunteers? Sure. Do you have roles for volunteers? That's great. Yes. Uh, we would love to get more people from the community to come in and volunteer if they don't feel like they would be a good fit as a member. Uh, we have a volunteer train that kind of goes over like who we are, what we do, and what they could be, what their role would mm-hmm. be there. Um, they could come and serve a meal. They could provide a meal. They could 
um, come in and teach a class. Um, we have a piece through pottery so class. It's more, so it's more, so it's it's kind of like an, a community table, but there's also a lot of things going on. Like you said, like the, the class thing is really interesting. So if you have a skill, you can come in there and teach it, you teach know. it to people mm-hmm. who are, mm-hmm. like you said, in recovery. This is a good place to go if you're, you know, in a, I don't say desperate situation, but if when you're in recovery, getting your mind into other things really helps keep you on the right track for recovery. That's kind of what this is, right? And the community formation is what I'm so thrilled Mm -hmm. with. Um, What are quite typical meals that you uh, Mm -hmm. serve? What are some things that come in to you? So we always try to have a balanced meal, um, and then that can look uh, many different ways. So one of our um, big contributors, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, partnerships is with Food Chain, and they do a well-balanced mm-hmm. meal. So they provide meals to us um, three days a week. Um, any of our community volunteers, we always try to get something green on the plate, um, a, a protein, mm-hmm. and try to kind of have that well-balanced. Mm-hmm. How many people have come through your doors? And when did you start, actually? So Recovery Cafe in Lexington started in 2020, right as the mm-hmm. pandemic was happening. Um, when we first started opening, our daily census was somewhere around 15. Now our daily census is around 106 people. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Kara has been instrumental in helping the cafe grow. In addition to providing a meal, we also have special events like game night on Thursdays where we also have snacks. So um, because we think it's important for people to feel Mm -hmm. like they're fully participating in our culture, we also always try to make sure that there's dessert because dessert is like this luxury Mm. that people who don't have access to food often don't get. And it's not like just junk food dessert. It's like nice desserts that people bring. We have all these cookies. Don't badmouth junk food. Oh, well. Yeah, (laughs) right. That's pretty good, too. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we we have some really generous partners, including Donut Days on Southland, uh, that give us uh, uh, lots of delicious donuts and have just recently given us like 500 Christmas cookies. So yeah. we're really grateful oh, wow. for that kind of Oh, uh, that's one. How do you get the word out about what you do? Food about Recovery Cafe yeah. or, or the meals? Yeah. How, do you visit recovery centers or uh, do they send people to you or do so, how do people find so you? So we're, you know, we're, we're, we've been around for two years. We're still, uh, we're a toddler organization, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and locally. Um, so what we've really invested a lot of time in is, is our uh, Phoenix Rising Recovery Magazine, mm-hmm. which started out as a newsletter and is now a 40-page magazine. Um, we uh, try to push things on social media. Uh, we do connect with uh, uh, other networks including in the reco- in the recovery community center because uh, recovery community because um we're not just a center for people to get like counseling but also a social place for people to build community so mm-hmm. sometimes we're open later than other organizations or that we have other opportunities for people well anyone who's who's ever battled addiction one of the things it, it's really tough to go it alone so talk about how important is the community aspect for people who are in recovery how, how important is that having a place to go to help them keep the addiction at bay. I was just watching uh, Good Morning America this morning, and they were talking about um, DJ Twitch, who was on the Ellen Show, who died of suicide, Mm -hmm. and how uh, he was such a happy, exuberant, wonderful person, and that there's a pandemic of loneliness in our society. Definitely. It's a silent pandemic because we don't see it. (coughs) And what Recovery Cafe tries to do is actually address that because we think that loneliness, isolation, depression, trauma are all triggers for substance use disorder, Mm -hmm. but that people who don't even have substance use disorder still have something to recover from when they're Mm -hmm. alone. So at Recovery Cafe, we're not here to be a social worker and to to case manage you. We're here to walk alongside you. Our vision is to empower people in their recovery journey. 
you call the shots if you're there. If you're unhoused, uh, homeless, we're not going to say the next best thing for you is to be in a house. You're going to make that decision. We want to support you to have a, a, a rich and full, meaningful life where you are now. So I think that kind of clarified the whole situation for me, you know, because I've seen some some recovery style cafe things throughout the country, one in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these were kind of um, people that were kind of going through a time were helping run the organization, like run a kitchen and do a cafe. And it sounds like your capital campaign may be going in that direction. But, you know, anybody that's out there lonely or you know, feeling what, what we're talking about here, need some recovery, need some community, what can they expect when they walk in the door? I think that scares people to ask for yeah. help and to, to know where to go to find that community. Because, you know, you're right, the loneliness, the guy could probably just could have it could have just helped to eat a meal with another person there once a enough, week. There aren't enough therapists yeah. to go around, so I think you're seeing a lot of these services rising up to yeah. provide a, a kind of an ancillary service so to one, traditional therapy. Yeah. So one thing I think is really special about Recovery Cafe is that we are peer ran, and so everybody that works there is in recovery of one form yeah. or another. Um. So they're going to be met by somebody who can actually say they know what they're going through. Another thing that we, um, which is one of our first things, is we meet everybody with radical hospitality. We want people mm -hmm, there, we care about them, yeah. and we wanna help them figure out what that journey looks mm -hmm. like. And uh, one thing that I, I really wanna stress is that Recovery Cafe is the members. That is their community center. We're just a building without them. Mm -hmm. We are there as staff to open up the doors and, and be there however that looks for them. Okay, all right. It's something I know from, from having friends who, who went through this addiction. Having some place to go and something to look mm -hmm. forward to and just sometimes is all you need to just like make it to the next day. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you can go somewhere and just have a cup of coffee with someone. There's a place to go that's going to you know just let you hang out. Yeah. That sometimes, that's all you need. You know, yes, that helps. Absolutely. I mean, that's really evident on our Thursday night game nights. I mean, you come in, we have a meal at 515. We do have recovery circles um, available at that time. And then we have a pool table and air hockey and cornhole and games and dominoes. And it really is a hangout place with other sober people in a uh, safe environment. Yeah, this is an important message, especially this time of year. So, yeah. you know, yeah. tell me about the times you're up. You said there's game night on Thursday. Mm -hmm. What other what other nights or days are you open to, to the people might be appealed to, to come and ask for some? So right now, <clears throat> excuse me, we're open on Wednesdays from 12 to 8. And again, complimentary coffee and donut. Um, every day that we're open come in get a coffee we're here for you um thursdays we have our game night um fridays which we're open 10 to 9 on thursdays friday we're open 10 to 6 and saturdays we're open 10 to 5 we have a meal every day that we're open we also have peace through pottery so if you're a creative person and want to work with clay we have painting canvases we have um just an open space where you're safe to come in and hang out. Let me ask a follow-up with uh, Chef's question, mm -hmm. because I, maybe I didn't, didn't hear you. When a person walks in, they get six visits mm -hmm. before they become an, an actual member. Yeah. What do they have to tell you when they walk in the door? Is there like a intake form? or? Yeah, uh, yeah thank you for that. Uh, radical hospitality is our posture at the door. So. We don't make assumptions. You could be coming in because you just stumbled into the place. You're like, what is right. a recovery cafe? You could be coming in because you uh, are trying to get into recovery. You could come into recovery cafe for any number of reasons. So you're going to be met with a smiling face, usually Kara, and who's going to be greeting you, uh, saying, hey, welcome. Have you been here before? We 
would you want to get to know us? We're going to hand you a magazine or a pamphlet, and then we're going to say, hey, we just take some basic information, your name, okay. your date of birth, how you identify racially and ethnically, just because we that stuff yeah. we collect and share with the broader Recovery Cafe, Net, Cafe Network, <coughs> which tells a big story about Recovery Cafe's sure, impact statistics, across yeah. the country and Canada. So, um, so that's basically what people will do. Other than that, we'll just be like, hey, just hang out Come and chill, in. and here you go. In addition to our um, uh, wonderful game night, which is a weekly thing that Kara instituted, we're we're um, also providing so sober social events. So uh, we've done <coughs> drag shows. We've done uh, a fish fry during Lent with the gospel thing. Um, we've done um, uh, ice cream socials. We June do Fourth of July, Juneteenth, mm -hmm. Memorial Day. So mm -hmm. we also provide those those holiday opportunities where we try to feature all the American favorite foods uh, that go along with that. For for our drag show last February, we did a whole thing with um, Bayou Bluegrass and had a, a Cajun menu, and it's just really cool. People got po' boys. Do, do you a, a, do a, drag, uh, a drag brunch with uh, Cajun food sounds amazing. That sounds like a party I want to have at my house. Do you do anything with, like, employment or anything? Because what I'm thinking of is I got DVA that employs people in it in addiction do you do any kind of advising or referrals to people who come in yeah so people will come in and they'll say i'm needing a job and we'll sit down with them we have two amazing recovery coaches on staff that will meet with anybody whether they're a member or a visitor or guest they can come in and they can get coaching from them that can help them with um, searching for job application fill out resumes and those things so if i'm honest i reach out to a lot of people within my own mm -hmm. pool um like, for example, Gwen and Wren, they donate from Jay Renders. They donate one meal a month. And so I'll call Josh a lot. Are you guys in, mm -hmm. in need of any help? And so just through, like, personal networking. But aside from that, we help people navigate through. We have uh, free Internet and computer use to everybody mm -hmm. that walks through the door. Um, once, you know, you're a member or a guest within those six um, visits. So we do kind of help people with that. With a um, lot of life stuff. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, in, in – with specifics with substance use disorder once you remove the alcohol and the drugs they still have to have serious get things issues. on track yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah yeah i think i may have seen that because uh, as i work in the legal field helping yeah. people find legal help and and it could be that you can network with groups that do that as well you know mm -hmm. and employment groups too so yeah. care being the cafe manager I, I know this is a big job trying to line up these meals and trying to to provide like that so yeah. for our listeners out there i know my friends and my kind of people they're the kind of people that you know they're like hey how do we help with food you know because yeah. i got restaurant friends and chef mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. yes. so how is, is that something they can reach out to you to donate a meal or also got lots of friends that just like to cook. Can it come from your home? Can you be a volunteer and bring yeah, things bring to, mm -hmm. you know, so anybody out there, if you're listening right now and you're inspired, I don't know, you've got a great church community and you want to bake off a meal and yeah. bring it to Recovery Cafe. How do that they do this, great. Kara? Yeah, so if they could email me at Kara at recoverycafelexington.org and that's K-A-R-A at recoverycafelexington.org. And that's where you can find everyone, everything online at recoverycafelexington.org or on the socials at recoverycafelex. Uh, just no Lexington, just recoverycafelex uh, for all the socials. And make sure you check it out. We'll put it on our Facebook page as well. It goes by really fast. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah. Kara and Aaron, thank you guys for coming by. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. us. Yeah, yeah. Thank good you. to see you. Back good in a work. moment. It's Food News and Choose Radio. Hey, Chef. 
Azure is really hopping these days. And I know, you know, if you look at a year-long perspective, you have the patio in the spring, summer, and fall. And those bring different things and different colors, but it is a lush, wonderful patio. Mm-hmm. And then I know that you also have chef-driven menu using local ingredients as much as possible, and that you're well known for that in the world of chefing and restaurant touring. But you have perennial favorites that are, that are on the menu. Tell us about those. Yeah, you know, over the 15 years we've been doing local kind of chef-driven food, we've created some dishes that withstood kind of the, the menu changes, mm-hmm. and people come for every time. Bourbon fried chicken, where we're soaking that chicken and bourbon and buttermilk and Tabasco mm-hmm. sauce for 24 hours and then you know frying that up golden and crispy adding fresh bourbon and cream and butter to a pan and boiling that down to whip into the mashed potatoes that's a killer You're fried chicken me. dish <laughs> woven shrimp has won so many awards and has so many requests I can't even wrap enough of those you know beautiful jumbo shrimp delicately wrapped in crispy buttery phyllo chopped with our Jeremyville red chili honey sauce which is a uh, really killer lobster crepes little fluffy pillow of lobster, cream cheese, and chives, and lemon juice with tropical guava sauce, pimento cheese fritters. You just the dishes are 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 there for you, and we want you to come and try them. Whether it's a seasonal menu or some of these old favorites. Now, chef, the restaurant is open on um, Saturday. It's on open. Tell us the opening and and when. Yeah, when so people can Azura go and a- giving reservations. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Azure has a great lunch Monday through Friday from 10 a or sorry 11 a.m. until 2:30 p.m. and then dinner opens at 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. We also have brunch on Sundays right. from 11 until 2:30. So killer brunch menu, all those Benedicts that you want, crab cake Benedicts, fillet Benedicts, salmon Benedicts, we got them. Yeah, and all of this can change, but that's pretty much the set times. But stay tuned. I mean, there's always new things coming along as well. And what about reservations? Reservations are recommended on the weekends. Check out AzureRestaurant.com or open table for that or give us a call at 859-296-1007.